Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Kyle, the manager of enterprise technology at cars.com. And we discuss what it's been like for Kyle building the IT department from the ground up, how he's utilized JumpCloud to manage the ever-growing amount of laptops and desktops at the organization, and the value of adding a personal touch to online communication. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. After college, I kind of wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. I did the, it's kind of on the early track of doing the community college jam for a couple of years and then go to a, a state school for a couple of years after I was a little bit more uh, decided on what I wanted to do. So after college, I, uh, I got sucked into Apple retail, not to say that Apple retail is a bad place to work or anything, but I, I did pretty much everything you could do at an Apple store, uh, except for management track stuff. Um, that was just something I wasn't interested in, um, but Apple was a really fun place to work. I made some awesome connections um, there, uh, but I still kind of had a passion for uh, video production. And... Uh, as you probably may be familiar with the like video and audio production, like professional world, it's really hard to find like a stable job in that industry. But I kind of leveraged my tech skills and my video production skills. And I worked at a uh, very large uh, post-production house and production house in Chicago um, for about four years where I was an in-house engineer. So I oversaw like all the Mac setups there um, and then anytime there was a, a TV commercial shoot, you know, some really small budget, some really big budget, I'd be on set either as a technical resource on the bigger budget shoots. And uh, I could be doing something like operating camera on the lower budget shoots. Um, so I did that for about four years and then um, got boring and moved to the suburbs and decided I wanted I didn't want to commute make that commute anymore to downtown Chicago. Um, so I found a, a job at this company called Dealer Inspire, um, where I have been for the past two and a half years or so. Um, Dealer Inspire, you know, we make websites for uh, auto dealers and. Dealer Inspire was acquired by cars.com a year before I was hired there. And kind of from there, I don't want to say the rest is history, but um, <laughs> I, I now oversee all of, all of IT uh, support for the entire organization, cars.com and Dealer Inspire. Um, so it's been, it's been a, a challenging road to get where I am, got where I am today, but uh, it's been a fun ride for sure. That's really cool. So would you say, are you more like classically trained in video production or in like IT operations? I've definitely made a career pivot to not doing video <laughs> production stuff anymore. It's a lot of long, long days with that kind of stuff. And I pretty quickly learned that I actually did not want to do it. Um, so for anybody out there listening that is wanting to get into video production, I'm not saying it's not for you, but definitely, you know, find an internship somewhere 
where you can actually be on site and see, make sure that that is something that you want to do. Yeah, that's something that I've, I've thought about a lot is that there's absolutely career paths out there to make a career out of creative pursuits like video production or like audio production and, and stuff in general, the creative stuff. You can absolutely make a career out of it if you really, really actually love the craft itself and not necessarily the content you're making because you can always, there's always work in boring creative stuff. <laughs> yep. Bite my tongue on that one, but yes, you are right. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's the thing. Like if you do really truly love the craft itself, you can absolutely find a really fulfilling career and job. And there's always opportunities where you can get really lucky and be working on something that the content's super fun and the process is super fun. But yeah, that you just that's something that I've like thought about a lot in my career. And I got lucky finding this podcast that I actually thoroughly enjoy um, and uh, was able to use my production skills on. But yeah, no, that's that's awesome that, that you were able to to find that. And um, yeah, you know, there's definitely a big difference between, you know, being the the kid in grade school and middle school that has a video camera that knows how to use iMovie <laughs> and like actually taking those skills and putting them up on a, a, a professional level um, to help with making TV commercials or commercials for the web. I'm curious, when you joined Dealer Inspire, what was the size of the company about? So when I joined Dealer Inspire in 2019, March of 2019, they had about 600 or so employees, if I remember correctly. Um, and they have just been in a constant state of growth uh, ever since then, which you know is a great problem to have. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's crazy. What was uh, what would you say was some of the biggest challenges that you personally came up against with with that scaling? Uh, so when I was hired, uh, they actually did not have an IT person, let alone an IT department. Um, so at six hundred, at six hundred, wow, it's that's kind impressive. of one of those. They they grew <laughs> from about. And if my CEO ever listens to this, I'm, I'm probably botching the numbers, but they grew from <laughs> in 2016 from about 50 or so employees to about 600 employees in a, in a few years. Um, and sometimes uh, those, those backend support roles kind of get left in the dust or forgotten about when it comes to, to growing a company when you're focused on other facets of, of the job. But the, the company started as a, as a digital marketing company called Launch Digital Marketing. And from there, one of the clients that they had was a, a dealership down the street. And uh, they made the dealership website. And I mean, I can say the rest is history for that one. Uh, so the, the, the marketing company is still alive and well, but Dealer Inspire is now the, the crown jewel, um, if you will. And now we're, I want to say we're a little over 800 employees now. Um, so we've added about another 200 employees in the last uh, two and a half years since I started. But coming into a company that didn't have an IT person and my background at the post-production house that I worked at, 
Um, we definitely had some control over the computers and I had some ideas, but we, you know, we didn't have a ticketing system or anything like that in my last job. So I kind of came in, I don't want to say flying blind, but I, I also kind of had like full control to do support. However, I wanted to do support. Um, there wasn't some person that was like, Hey, welcome to the IT department, only IT person. Here's how we do things kind of a thing. It was kind of like, uh, Hey, you're here. Uh, <laughs> can you like do all this stuff for us now? So yeah, I guess the first, one of the, one of the reasons that drew me to the organization was they were all Macs. And for the most part, uh, dealer inspire is still all Macs. There's like 1% windows machines and like 3% Linux machines, but it's still mostly an all Mac organization just with there not being an IT presence. Uh, it was pretty much, you know, someone from uh, a department in the company would go out to the Apple store and buy computers and have them ready for that, like next weeks of new batch of hires. Um, so that was a huge challenge for, for me and my team that we accomplished in the last year um, was to get everything managed, which we utilized uh, Jump Cloud for that after doing research on a couple of different vendors. And we had some other like problems and things going on that, uh, you know, it seemed that one-stop shop Jump Cloud could solve all those issues for us. That's really cool. Yeah, that's actually how we got connected because a little while ago we had Greg Keller, the CTO of Jump Cloud on the podcast. Um, but can you tell me a little bit more about like what your relationship was like with Jump Cloud? Yeah. Um, as far as like why we went with Jump Cloud, they are kind of an all-in-one like directory as a service solution because it was about a year ago we were kind of shopping different vendors for like uh, things like SSO, uh, cloud directory, device management type stuff. And we kind of wanted all that in one place, in, ideally, um, but we were doing our homework. And um, Jump Cloud at the time uh, definitely had a good, like a decent amount of device management uh, things, but not definitely not to like the extent that some other um, MDM services like Jamf have. But one thing that we noticed during our, uh, I guess, free trial period with them is that they were really keen to like add and uh, listen and add features and listen to customer feedback uh, at a pace that I don't think I'd ever seen before and while we were evaluating them. Um, so we determined that they were the right choice for us. And, uh, it was last fall. We kind of started the process to get about a thousand people to install these clients on their Mac computers. And I, there's a very small percentage of people out there in the world that get excited about software. Uh, so it was, it was hard for me to, get a company excited to install software that they had no idea what it was going to do, yeah. uh, if you will. So for about a week and a half straight, every day I held these like Jump Cloud install webinars where I would get people to register for them and I would kind of walk them through the install process because overall it's pretty easy to install it on the computer. 
We just didn't have a means of installing it for them, like under the hood, if right. that makes sense. Um, so I held these podcast or not podcasts, but <laughs> these webinars to help people get things installed and also, you know, hang back for anybody who was having issues getting it installed. Um, and then from there, it's, it was a matter of doing tedious cross-checking on employee lists and stuff to make sure everything was, everybody had it installed. But kind of from there, after we got the client installed, I worked with some folks at JumpCloud to help me with the binding procedure because it's kind of a, for anybody that has their devices in their organization bound to a user's identity, uh, you know that there's there's a process to install the client, and then there's another process to actually bind it to either their like Active Directory account or, in this case, their JumpCloud account. Um, so I work with uh, folks at JumpCloud to help us with that step because on the Macs there is a like account takeover process where you need to figure out what the name of the home folder is. Oh and yeah, yeah. In our environment. Uh, I'd probably say 80 to 85% of our, our Macs have like a first name, last name home folder convention. But, you know, so a lot of the developer types out there or just other people that know what they're doing, you know, would change their computer names to just be like their first name or like their dog's name or something like that. And um, we obviously didn't want to bind down a different account that they had to use and kind of start fresh. We wanted them to uh, we wanted this to be as non-intrusive as possible. So JumpCloud offered this like account takeover process where we just have to fill their home folder field on their user profile and then do a couple other things and then it's good. But they were actually able to script it out for us, oh, um, nice. which was nice. So we did we did those in batches of 20 to 30 a day for about nine weeks. Uh, until we until we got to a hundred percent, so that was fun because the other challenge is a lot of uh, a lot of the employees didn't know what their quote SSO passwords were um, because in an unmanaged world you could just make your computer be the spacebar five times if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, for people's computer passwords to be changing to what their SSO passwords to be changed to. Uh, or was 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 challenging because we definitely had um, to do some troubleshooting, getting some locked out users backed into their computers. But now that we've been fully using them for uh, a while, uh, we are still really enjoying our relationship with JumpCloud. Nice. So you have a team now, correct? You're not the only IT guy anymore. Yeah. So Cars.com had their own IT department. Um, we had some personnel changes um, back in 2020, right after COVID hit, and they lost some good folks. Uh, so in the fall last year, we decided to kind of combine forces. Um, so as far as my team that supports uh, an organization of 1,600, it's it's myself and and three others. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's. I mean. Wow, that that still sounds like a lot for for that amount of people. I was going to say that sounds insane if it was just you. Yeah, no, we've we've got my team of three people, and then we have some other engineers that were a uh, huge help um, in getting all that up and running as well. Awesome. Yeah, I've I've been there actually with 
installing on lots of computers that you can't just push it out to. Uh, for a while ago, I worked at a college where um, between semesters, we had to update all of the computers in multiple computer labs. And like, there's like a list of different programs that all needed updates and it all had to happen manually. Uh, so that was just like grind labor of, of like a team of like five people just going through, sitting at each computer for 15 minutes a pop, getting all the downloads going. And then you go back and check through and find all the ones that failed and redo those until you're you're finally done. And it's like, man, yeah, that's, I feel uh, a little envious that you're able to instruct people to do it <laughs> rather than do it manually. But uh, also, uh, so are you able to now push out, now that you have Jump Cloud on all these computers, are you able to push out updates yourself and not have to worry about that? As far as uh, granular control over like OS updates, that is a feature that we are not able to do in Jump Cloud. Um, but apparently that having more granular control over operating system versions is something that's on the roadmap for Q3, Q4, at least according to their most recent webinar that they had put on. So yeah, we can we can block people from updating to the latest and greatest Apple OS and Windows OS, but right now we don't have ways of forcing people to be on a minimum OS, if that makes sense. Right, right. Um, and there's you know there's there's a lot of people in the organization that are big tech enthusiasts and always want to be on the latest and greatest, and then there's people on the opposite end of the spectrum that uh, we ran into that were still running like Sierra, which was 10.12. Um, which, you know, hasn't been getting security updates for like two years now. So uh, there were fun problems uh, that we ran into with getting Jump Cloud installed on all the computers with some people saying, oh, it doesn't want to install. Well, okay, you're running Sierra. Let's get that <laughs> operating system updated first. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I actually fall a little bit into the bucket of the people you don't like. Um, <laughs> I'm always afraid that, uh, it's going to break some of my, my like audio programs and stuff. Um, yeah, you probably have several pieces of hardware plugged into your computer right now. And that yeah. talks to specific versions of like <laughs> pro tools or something like that on your computer. And yeah, I totally get that being like frozen in time when everything works. You're just like, I'm just, you know, going to leave things how they are kind of just happy it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I do definitely want to get those security updates, which I haven't been getting for a little while. But <laughs> but I actually, one thing I wanted to ask you about was a, so a little while ago, we had on this guy, Syed, from a company called Brinka, and they're in the cybersecurity space. Um, and their, their company is actually really cool. It's like this platform that just gives you a 360 degree view of your like strengths and weaknesses in terms of cybersecurity. Um, and all the information that you need to like act on that and be a more secure company. But the one thing he was talking about a lot was how it's really challenging to build like a one size fits all solution to really anything. And so when you're making these decisions that affect the user experience for 1600 employees, I'm just curious, how do you go about like getting feedback from the employees and trying to make everyone happy with their computer situation? That is a very good question. When it comes to like rolling out new like enterprise tools or security things, 
we definitely do a test with like a small subset of users just to see what that experience looks like. And now that we have Jump Cloud, we are able to push out software under the hood very easily and very quickly. Um, I mean, I can deploy a, a new piece of software to 1,600 machines in a matter of seconds, granted, if they're online. Yeah. Um, and once we build that command out in Jump Cloud, uh, but it's it's the end user experience that I'm always concerned with because you know even if I can push it out and it gets 95% installed on their machine, but it requires the user to like log into something or click here then here, um, then now it becomes now it becomes a project for for our team to like babysit that process and make sure that uh, it's it's properly installed on all the computers. Communication is pretty key uh, in staying in touch with with your your end users. I hate to, I don't, I don't want to say I hate to say this, but I know we use Slack and we use email, and I I'm pretty vocal in like our company announcements channels and doing simple things like using emojis and gifs. Uh, people really relate to that. Um, and as, as like kind of reverse engineering that as possible of like, you know, you need to install this extremely important tool that's required kind of a messaging, throw a GIF in there. And all of a sudden a huge chunk of the population actually like pays attention to the, <laughs> to the posts and you get like much higher, like feedback slash like uh, participation, if you will. So being able to, Make things easier for your as easy as possible for your end users, and also being able to like relate or like talk to them more. I'd say cars and dealer inspire as like a whole are on uh, on an average is probably on the younger side of things. Um, so they probably like the gifts and emojis and things like that a little bit more than maybe some other organizations do. But you know, I think when most people think of uh, an IT department. You know, one of the things that comes to mind is the the classic IT crowd where, you know, they're sitting in like a basement with no windows and they just kind of sit there and they tell people to reboot their computers. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of like being the opposite of that. I, if our office, I mean, our offices are optionally open right now, not too many people are going in, but I kind of like being the, I don't want to, let's say... I, I kind of like being like the mayor, or like spokesperson of the company and like being out in the street and shaking people's hands and kissing babies and stuff like that. <laughs> so that way, you know, when it comes time for me to ask people to do something for me, they'll remember at one time that I shook their hand and kissed their baby. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that Kyle guy, he was pretty cool. I'll, I'll do this for him. Yeah. <laughs> or no, something like that. that. That's awesome, man. And I feel like that's, that's such a good, like actionable kind of answer for operating in the remote world. Like it's not always that complicated. Just throw in some gifts, throw in some emojis. People like it. That that actually kind of makes me think of like something I do at uh, our company is weekly we give like a production update of like all the stuff we made and all the stuff that went out that week because we, we do a lot here. And I always go out of my way to, you know, take a shot of espresso before the meeting starts, be really excited and kind of try to get everyone jacked up for the production team. Uh, Cause that, I mean, it makes um, like our salespeople feel 
better about what they're selling. They're like excited about it. It makes, makes our production team feel like recognized and like they're having a good time. And yeah, it's just like important to kind of give that human touch to, to everything you do, especially when it's coming through via a Slack message and you hear that, you're like, oh man, what is that? What, what do I have to look at right now? Oh, oh, it's a funny GIF. Nice. Thanks, IT guy. <laughs> exactly. I want I want to ask like before we wrap up I want to ask just a couple like kind of leadership questions. Um so you you said you lead like a a small team of 3 people there and uh, I think a lot of the time on the podcast we tend to kind of focus more on the leadership style and lessons around leading larger teams but I think there's like a lot probably a lot higher quantity of managers out there that are leading smaller teams. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to get into that a little bit. How do you describe your personal approach to leadership at your company? I like my team because this is how I, I, I learned along my way at the organization. And I like my team to like learn the hard way or like getting thrown, thrown in the fire, if you will. I feel like learning from experience is the best way to learn. Um, I mean, that's uh, my mom would probably tell you that's how I learned things growing up. It's like, you know, see, you don't, you don't light, uh, uh, light leaves on fire inside of a jar and expect to like (laughs) still be able to hold on to it kind of a thing, uh, without like gloves on or something. (laughs) It's like, I learned the hard way a lot. There's a huge story behind that, by the way, but, (laughs) that's kind of how I learned growing up. And I've kind of applied that to like my, I still, that is how I learned to this day um, where it's like, I've definitely in my past, like pushed out like a piece of software to like half the org that they got presented with a pop-up that I had no idea they were going to get that pop-up. And now I have like 300 people pinging me on Slack saying, what the heck is this? (laughs) So uh, we've all had our like, oh crap moments. And like, I I do feel like that is the best way to learn is to just do it. And most things out there in the world you can fix um, or you can reverse, you can kind of hit that command uh, Z key and reverse what you just did. But I I think our, our team, we actually just added the third person a couple of months ago. So it was only just me and two other people, but we're, we're a, a little close family and, um, you know, we, we leverage our communication tools to ask for help when we need it. But I really just encourage them to just when they see something come into our, our ticket queue to just grab that ticket and try to figure it out, you know, and if you need help, then just ask for it. Um, and that helps build, build confidence in them. That's awesome. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like just, I mean, when I started hosting the podcast, we were originally planning on, I was going to like co-host for a while with the other host, like we'd both be on and he'd kind of help me out. And then one week he was just like, hey, you want to do all five episodes this week? Just try it. I was like, oh, ooh, okay, here we go. And I mean, that's just my most recent, but I'm with you. All of my training has been just like on the job, but so we don't have to get fully into the jar with the leaves story, but can I take a guess about, oh, about sure. well, all right, all right. So I'm, the picture that popped into my head was you went outside, got 
some kindling together, put together a really, really nice flammable jar of stuff. And you're holding it and you light it on fire and it starts going. And man, that is just fun for like a couple seconds. And then as soon as it hurts your hand, you drop it and the glass explodes. Maybe some glass cut you and or maybe uh, the fire spread and you like burned a bunch of stuff that you didn't mean to. But that those are those are my two kind of options of where it went in my head (laughs) were either of those it or both. You almost nailed it. I mean, I was in, I was in like fifth grade at the time or something. I can't quite remember the exact age, but my parents' house backed up to this like massive park and there was a baseball field like right by it. And there was a baseball game going on at the time. We had this like short picket fence and it was the fall and I was cramming some leaves in the jar and I had like one of those long big like lighters, you know? So I'm like, Oh, this looks like fun. I was a, I was a, I was a terrible kid growing up, and so I I I was I was lighting this. I was trying to light these leaves on fire in this jar because I wanted to see what happened. And I very vividly remember an old lady who was spectating the, the baseball game, like coming up to the fence, and she's like, "Are you sure you're supposed to be doing that?" And I was, and I very confidently <laughs> said back, "Oh yeah, absolutely. This so, is what I'm supposed to be doing." <laughs> So as long as you, this, this applies to everyday life, as long as you just talk confidently in what you're doing, like people will believe you. Another good leadership lesson. Yes. Yeah. So, (laughs) so anyways, I light these leaves on fire in the jar and I'm kind of in awe watching them. And I, and and at some point the jar gets too hot and I drop the jar and, um, that's that like corner of my parents' yard where the fence was, was kind of like one of those things that created like a wind tunnel. So it was just a pile of leaves right there. And shorts, long story short, the entire fence caught on fire. The entire, we're talking like 75 feet of fence and the baseball game stopped and people are grabbing rakes and everything they can out of my parents' shed. And they're like trying to put out the fire and the fire department came. (laughs) It was a good time. I I think I used that story about a thousand times during like English uh, essay assignment stories. (laughs) That's your, that's your getting into college essay. The time yeah, exactly. You burned down the fence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's good. I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I pried a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, I just got like a couple more couple more questions for you. What what are you learning right now at work? What's challenging you? Um, what's challenging us right now is, uh, we're very thankful that our organization is kind of listening to employee feedback for if they want to be in office or not. Um, and for the most part, people just don't want to come back in the office and the organization is totally respecting that, which is awesome. But IT in a remote environment is especially challenging. Um, and when it comes to when you hire at a rate that we do, Every single week, somebody on my team has to make the drive into the office and ship out anywhere from two to like 16 computers. And I run a onboarding presentation every single Monday morning for that week's new hires, whether it's cars.com or dealer inspired, we're all in the same Zoom meeting. And I go over things like helping people reset their passwords and like giving them an overview of our core software and tips and tricks to get the most out of like Google calendar and stuff. 
And that's definitely a little bit more challenging in a remote environment because um, normally like when you're sitting around one conference room table, you can you can physically see the people that are struggling trying to like figure out a 10 yeah. character password that doesn't include their first name in it kind of a thing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and, and I, you know, I like to be the hands-on person that's like, okay, like we're not moving on to the next slide until everybody's giving me a thumbs up that they reset their password kind of a thing. So I, I, I definitely miss the, like being an office aspect part of, um, like onboarding new hires. Cause I feel like they also will like get it a little bit more in person. We, when we ship out computers, like we want them to be like as ready to go as possible for people. Um, and that also helps minimize the amount of times people may install like malware on the machine too. Yeah. Um, so having like the essentials on the computer ready to go Slack, as you may or may not know, is kind of a, for those people who are not familiar with Slack or are the first time logging into it, it's a little complicated. You got to do this dance to get into Slack and trying to walk people through logging into Slack for the first time. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's different than like every other Yeah, it doesn't really have like a straight up just log in button on there. Yeah. Um, you got to go back and forth between the browser and Slack a couple of times. So like we've started to just log into Slack for people. Now, so on the onboarding call, I can just say, like, look at that little rainbow icon on your dock and click on it. Um, this is Slack. This is this. This is that. So um, I guess the challenge is just, you know, catering to so many people's different, like, learning styles and whatnot. Because, you know, it, you've probably heard this, like, saying, but it's, it's it is much easier to teach people tech skills or technology things than it is to teach somebody to have like a good personality, if you will. Um, so cars.com doesn't hire people based off of their tech skills for the most part, unless the position specifically requires it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, needless to say, I deal with all, our team deals with all different aspects of like technical learning curves, if you will. So there's definitely some employees that need more handholding than others. And some of those things in person would just be so much easier than than normal. And I something I always encourage my team to do is, you know, rather than troubleshooting an issue with somebody through like 18 back and forths on an email, just just shoot them a Zoom link, hop on yeah. a call, and like you solve the issue in like 40 seconds rather than like a week of like <laughs> back and forth on email. Yeah. Um, so being just like having a more of a physical presence um, is is something that I always push with my team, um, especially in, in a remote environment, uh, if that makes sense. So yeah, I guess the challenge is just supporting sixteen hundred people and making sure that they are are happy with their their technology setup. That's awesome. Well, before we wrap up, it's, it sounds like you guys are hiring a lot. I want to give you a nice little plug for dealerinspirecars.com. What what are you like hiring for? Who, who are you looking for? What, what uh, we've got play? all sorts of positions open um, at cars.com and Dealer Inspire. Um, lots of like project manager and developer type roles. So all different facets of um, things that you you may have a skill set in. It's not cars.com is not just like a massive room full of like 
uh, nerds coding uh, to make like a website. We definitely have a lot of those people. We also have like a lot of salespeople and whatnot uh, that help keep our business going. So it's there's positions of, of all different uh, shapes and sizes open at cars.com and dealer inspire. Um, and it's both, both organizations as we grow closer and closer together to kind of, uh, act as one organization. Um, we still operate pretty independently, um, definitely slightly different cultures, but both organizations are, are, since I've kind of worked for both of them, if you will, um, have, have both been really rewarding to work for. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.